Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Man, you all are looking good, dressed up a little bit for this Resurrection Sunday. Man, I love Resurrection Sunday. In fact, we want to welcome those of you that are in the house, those of you that are watching online. We are glad that you're with us for this incredible day of, of celebration as we reflect on what Jesus has done. I hope we don't go through this really fast and just kind of think it's about the Easter egg hunt that we're going to have this afternoon or different things like that, but really reflect on what Jesus has done. You know, I love Christmas. How many people of you just absolutely love Christmas? Like, how many of you like to shop in July for Christmas? There's a few of you we can hate here today. I love Christmas, and, and I'm thankful for Christmas, but where people stop really just to reflect on the birth of Jesus Christ. But, you know, Christmas is really about the beginning and Easter is actually about the celebration of the completed work of Jesus Christ for each and every one of our redemption. Christ paid a debt that we couldn't pay because we were just unable to do it. Our behavior does not do it. So when Jesus rose from the dead, he defeated the enemy so that we might have eternal life and an abundant life. Listen, it's incredible. In fact, what I want to kind of give you a heads up today is, uh, by the way, hasn't the creative team done a great job already with the, with the opening elements that we had? I'm so thankful for them. And today I'm going to be short, be preaching a little bit shorter message today. And, and it's going to be very theologically based, uh, theo meaning just about God. And so um, normally I'm pretty funny um, and a little bit more entertaining. I guess if you have to tell people you're funny, you're really not, but... I believe normally I, I, I think I'm pretty funny. Um, and uh, so if you want to come back next week, because next week we're beginning a brand new series called, called I've Got Questions. And, and we live in a world that the world has raised a lot of doubt about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So over the next several weeks, starting next week, we're going to be answering some questions about I've Got Questions. Okay. But today is going to be a little bit deeper, a little bit meatier, uh, because many of you, this is one of the times you come a year is on Easter, and you've heard the fact that Jesus died and rose again. But I, I want to talk a little bit about the significance, because we need to take time and thank Jesus for what he actually accomplished on the cross. All that happens because now of what Jesus has done, what we get to receive as followers of Jesus Christ. So to really understand what the resurrection is all about, we've got to first of all understand it's an amazing day. It's a glorious day. This is not just any other Sunday because one day, like Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to have a resurrected body. What that means is it will have no pain, no sorrow, no suffering. Um, I don't know if you're like me, but when I get up in the morning sometimes, I get up and I'm a little creaky and I'm going, what on earth is wrong? And I'm going, oh yeah, I'm old. And so that's why I feel like this. I'm looking forward to my resurrected body. My wife is looking forward to my resurrected body because our resurrected body will never die again. It's awesome because God considers death an enemy. He, he does. He looks at death as an enemy. And, and all of the problems, all of the troubles that we see in our world came into the world because of sin. Because of sin that happened. So because of that, death, sickness, disease, war, murder, hatred, all the strife that we're seeing in society right now, all these things are actually foreign to God's nature. Now, we have a tendency to see things as big calamities as acts of God, but they're foreign to God's nature and they're foreign to God's plan for man. God didn't want us to have these things. See, when God made man, he made you and I to be forever young, 
forever healthy, forever strong, forever blessed. And in the garden, everything was supplied for him. Adam and Eve did not need anything. But when man sinned, death entered into the world. And everything evil that is actually attached to sin entered into the world. Death. Sickness, again, sickness wasn't God's plan. And all the, again, natural calamities that we see around the world. And when that happened, it broke the heart of God. When sin entered, it broke the heart of God. When man sinned, it broke God's heart because he knew of all of the yuck that was gonna actually enter into all of our lives. So the question that we might be asking this morning, if God is all-knowing, why didn't he stop man from sinning? I think that's a great question. I would go, yeah, that would be something I would wonder. Well, here's the deal. When God created man, he gave him a free will because he wanted him to be able to exercise that free will to actually love God and obey God. So so he gave us a free will because God doesn't force us to love him. He doesn't force us to obey him. I wish often he would force me to love him and force me to obey him because I struggle at time with obedience. But he doesn't force us because listen, if it isn't a choice, it isn't love, and it isn't obedience. So it had to be a choice. See, so if God says, I'll give man a free choice, but there actually are no wrong choices, again, it's not a free choice. It isn't love, and it isn't obedience. So you may wonder that. Or you may wonder, if God is all-knowing, and he knew that man was actually going to, going to sin, why would he put the fruit that he wasn't supposed to eat in the garden in the first place? Again, that would make sense. Why did God place the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil when God knew that it wasn't good for man in the garden? Why would he do that? Because everything that was in the garden was good for man. Everything was good except for this one tree. Everything was good. And God said, you can freely eat of any tree. You know, one of the accusations that the enemy, the devil, likes to make to us as followers of Jesus Christ is for us to believe that God is constantly withholding something from us so that we think all the sinful things are the fun things, the amazing things, and all the, the, the things of living right for God are all the things that we just have to do it, right? It's a, it's a lie because in the beginning, God said, you can freely eat from every tree in the garden except this one tree. Do you know why? Because it wasn't good for them. And that's why God tells us not to do things or God tells us to do good things because it's either not good for us or it is good for us. But many of you know the story. Man exercised his free will that God had given him and he chose to eat the fruit that God said not to eat of and he disobeyed God. See, while we're free to choose anything that we want, we're not free to choose the consequences that come with our choices. Because of man's choice to to sin, because of man's choice to disobey, death entered into the world. And the consequences of those sins and of that choice, we see in Romans chapter 6 where it says this. For the wages or the payment, the penalty for sin, if you will, is death. So when we sin, death starts showing up in our life, death of relationships, death in our emotional well-being, death starts showing up. But I'm thankful today that God didn't leave us there because he goes on to say, but the gift of God, and it is a free gift, salvation is a free gift that you can't earn or can't deserve, is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
So Jesus Christ came to pay a horrible price, to, to, to deal with a horrible death and pay the penalty for man's sin. That you and I could be made right with the creator, with God himself. That's why Christ had to die. He paid the penalty for man's sin. Now, most of us have been to enough Easter services that we know that. The part we may not know is why was it important that he rose again? Why is that important to us? In fact, if you ask most Christians today, why did God raise Jesus from the dead? Well, some will say, well, to demonstrate his power. And, and God did demonstrate his power, but that's actually not the gospel or the good news, which, by the way, Christianity actually is the gospel or the good news. So if you ever hear someone preaching and it sounds like bad news, it's not the gospel. It, it's not. So that's not the main reason, because of his power that God raised Jesus from the dead. Or you might say, well, because he's the son of God. And while that's true also, again, it's not the main reason why God raised Jesus from the dead. So why did God raise Jesus from the dead? It's because of this. It was for our justification. That we became justified or put in right standing with God. And that's amazing to understand that we couldn't do anything to get in right standing with God. Jesus rose from the dead for our justification. And this goes back to the character and the nature of God, to understand, again, how good God is. Because, again, many of you may have always been taught that God's a mean God, a God that's constantly disappointed with you. That's not the God that really I serve or that you should serve. In fact, here's what Ephesians 2 says about God, beginning in verse 4. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Watch this. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. And catch this last part. By grace, you have been saved. Amen. By the grace of God, by the unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor of God, you have been saved. But I want you to notice that God is rich in mercy. He doesn't just have a little front pocket money uh, mercy for us. He is rich in mercy towards us. And the reason why he is rich in mercy is because of his great love in which he has for you and I. That for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but will have everlasting life. He loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. In fact, the word of God says that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. Because we have a tendency to see Christianity as behavior modification. Let me change my behaviors. Let me focus on that. God is actually into life transformation. When we begin to understand who he is and who we are in Christ Jesus, that the root of us begins to change the fruit of us on the outside. So again, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make people who were dead in their trespasses and sins alive in Christ Jesus. Listen, there are a lot of people walking around today. They're breathing, but they're not alive. See, that's why Acts 4 tells us this, that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. See, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was talking about we who were dead in our trespasses and sin, that when we give our life to Christ, 
We are suddenly made alive in Christ. The Bible says that you're born again. The Bible says that you become a brand new creation. The old things have passed away. All things have become new. Meaning he doesn't make you 2.0 of your old nature. You become a brand new creation. And again, Ephesians 2, for it is by grace, the unmerited favor that we have been saved. And listen, if you've attended here for any period of time, you know that one of my favorite words in the New Testament is this word saved. It's the Greek word sozo. And, and I love the fact that we've all been sozoed if we're a follower of Jesus Christ. And what that means is that, first of all, we are saved, meaning we're going to heaven. That's an awesome thing, which is a lot better than the alternative of going to hell. As I like to say, it's a smoking deal. So I like the fact that we're saved. But it's much richer than that. It means much more than that. It means to deliver. Do you know that God wants to deliver you? What you're dealing with right now, the challenges that you're facing, God wants to deliver you. God wants to protect you. In fact, the word of God says he's put his ministering spirits around you to protect you. He wants to heal you. He wants to heal your body. He wants to heal your emotions. He wants to heal your past. He wants to heal your relationship. He wants to preserve you. Listen, I watch people come in that, that look kind of beat up by life and look really old. Watch them give their life to Christ. Ten years later, they look younger than they did when they gave their life to Christ. God wants to preserve you. He wants you to be made whole in every area and arena of your life. This is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ for those of us that that have been made alive in Christ Jesus. Because again, we think that living for God is about changing our behaviors, but being saved is really about becoming alive in Christ Jesus, being born again. Because Jesus came to make dead people alive. There are three accounts of people being raised from the dead in the Bible by Jesus. There is Jairus' daughter, and many of you know the Bible story of Jairus' daughter. There's the widow's son at Nain, and Lazarus. Jairus' daughter had just died. The widow's son had died that day. And the reason why we know that was it was the custom in that day that when you died, you were buried right away. So of those, the ones that had just died or the ones that were, had been dead for four days, which one was more dead? They were all dead, right? It doesn't matter how long you've been dead. When you're dead, you're dead, right? So it it didn't matter how much their deadness actually really was concerning. They were dead. Like us, dead in our trespasses and sin, they were dead. Why is that important? Because we often rate sin or become judgmental of other people's sin. And we think people that have kind of got their act together and their life together, now those are people that can actually become followers of Jesus Christ. But for those of you and those of us, I probably need to include me in that group, because some of you are like my wife, and man, you were awesome all the way through life, lived right, did all the right things. The rest of us were some hellions. Show of hands if you'd been a hellion in the past. All right? It didn't matter how good you were, you were dead. And we get judgmental of other people thinking, oh, well, this person's a good person. They can actually be saved when all of us can be saved. See, before coming to Christ, when God looks at you, you are dead in your trespasses and your sins. That's why Christ died for you. It's why Christ had to die for you. Christ who is rich in mercy. He's loaded. He's got all kinds of mercy. Died for you to make you alive in him. Jesus didn't come again to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. It's crazy. Even Listen, even when we're dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with him. By grace, you have been saved. 
You know who needs grace? All of us. All of us are, need the grace of God. So when God raised Jesus from the dead, God raised us together with Christ. We are now seated with Christ that we might really live. See, a, a lot of times when you, you've been in church, you start thinking that people in the world that are partying, getting drunk, sleeping around, they're the ones that are really living. No, they're really not. It, it might be, as the Word of God says, sin is fun for a season, but it is empty. There is a deadness that is created on the inside of them. You can just see it in their faces. I mean, honestly, for us, we are totally fine with people walking around without a smile on their face. They can even have a frown and a scowl. We're still good with it. But if we get on the elevator and somebody is smiling really big at us, we think something is wrong with them. And we don't recognize that because Christ has made us alive, even as followers of Jesus Christ, we forget that God has made us alive. We are alive today. Again, we don't want to just be breathing. We want to be alive. So, so the thing that we might be asking or we ask, well, what must I do to become alive in Christ? Well, what did Lazarus do? Think about it for just a moment. The thing is, what can a dead man do to qualify for Jesus' resurrection power? He can't do anything, can he? he he's dead. He, he can't do it. This is why so many people can't receive many of the benefits Again, I, I talked about it earlier that living for Jesus is the good news. There are, there are all kinds of benefits and, and great things that God wants to bless you. He wants to protect you. You have an inheritance because you're in Christ Jesus. But a lot of people can't receive these things that come from the resurrection power of God because they're trying too hard. And I know some of you are going, they're trying too hard? Yes, they try to qualify for something that they're already qualified for. They try to qualify for God's power by doing things or think that because they have done things, I'm now qualified. I'm now qualified because of what Jesus Christ has done. But God made us alive in Christ because of his grace and because of his mercy, not because of our performance, not because of our behavior, that I've done it all right now, so now I qualify. You qualified because of Christ. Is this not mind-blowing? It's amazing. So what must we do? Oh, I thought you said there wasn't anything to do. Yeah, there is something we do. Only believe. Only believe. Richie, are my behaviors important? Yeah, your behaviors are the fruit of what you believe. And just so you know, every one of us, whether you're a follower of Jesus Christ or not, we believe in something. Only believe. In fact, here's how the Bible tells us with, with, about Abraham. Abraham, again, we, we look at people in the Bible and we think, oh, they led a perfect life. They had it all together. Just so you know, Abraham didn't have it all together. Twice he lied about his wife being his sister. I would have only had to lie once and then I would have been a dead man, right? So he wasn't perfect. But watch what the Bible says about him. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. Wasn't an emotional feeling. Could have been, may have been, might not have been. He believed God. He simply made a choice. I believe in God. Watch this. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. In other words, the moment he believed God, he became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He didn't do anything but believe God. And the Bible says it was accounted to him as righteousness, meaning to his account was put the righteousness of God. 
Now, Romans, if you drop down a little bit later, again, it's going to talk about Abraham and us. In verse 23, it says this. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed, which means credited to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed or credited to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead and who was delivered up because of our offenses. So notice that Jesus was delivered up. He went to the cross. He died on the cross because of our offenses. Watch this as the verse continues. And was raised because of our justification. See, a a lot of followers of Jesus Christ don't really understand why Jesus had to be raised from the dead, why that was actually so important. But notice he was delivered because of our offenses, but he was raised because of our justification. Oh, excuse me, because of our justification. Because listen, the Greek word there is dia, which when Jesus was delivered, dia, our offenses, Jesus was raised, dia, our justification. I know you're thinking, What does that mean? Dia means by the means of or reason of or on account of. It's credited to our account. If you can think in banking terms for just a moment. In other words, Jesus was delivered up on account of our offenses, paid a horrible price for the sins that you and I committed. But on the cross, Jesus bore all the sins of mankind. All the sins, all for all time, all the past sins, all the present sins, and all the future sins. In, in fact, if you struggle with being forgiven and you've given your life to Christ, you need to know that it's a done deal. You are forgiven, period. You're even forgiven for the sins that you will commit later. He bore in his body every sickness, every disease. Listen, it is amazing the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. He bore in his body all the depression, all the oppression, all the anxiety that we deal with. Jesus died on the cross on account of our offenses, our sins. But I love the fact that it goes on to say that he was raised on account of our justification. What is justification? It's being declared righteous. Man, when I didn't understand this, I was working really hard, constantly trying to be a righteous guy. And I had a spiritual father come into my life. It's just somebody who's ahead of me on the journey with God. And he would look at me and walk in on a Sunday. Or when I would get around him, he'd go, Richie Brown, you are the righteousness of God. You are a mighty man of God. And I'd go, man, you do not know what I said and did this past week. Then I begin to understand that you cannot become any more righteous than you are when you give your life to Christ. Your acts can become more righteous. In fact, when you know that you are righteous, your acts will become more righteous. But as long as you think you're, I'm a sinner saved by grace, you'll continue to produce the evidence of sin in your life. But if you begin to say, I was a sinner, but now I'm saved by grace, you'll begin to produce that evidence in your life. So Jesus was raised from the dead to declare our righteousness. His resurrection was the proof that our debt of sin that all of us had had been paid in full. Not just partially, it had been paid in full. See, we we have a tendency to think like this. It's when you come to Christ and, and you are forgiven when you come to Christ, but you have to keep going back to him to get righteousness operating in your life. That's not the way it is. Jesus was raised from the dead being the proof of our debt being paid in full. When Jesus cried out, it is finished, he wasn't saying it's good about ready to continue. He meant it is finished. In that moment, all the punishment for our sins that had fallen on Jesus, in that moment, they had been paid in full. 
Honestly, I don't know how y'all are still just sitting in your seats. I think y'all almost get up and run around the sanctuary. You're getting so excited about this. They've been paid in full. See, Jesus rising from the dead was our receipt, if you will, so that we would know by his nail-pierced hand, by his nail-pierced feet, our debt has been paid in full. Again, that's why Acts chapter 4 says this, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. There's no other name. It's not about your name, whether your name's good or your name's not good. It's not about your performance. It's about the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus and the work of Jesus that is actually justified and caused people to have received him, to be declared righteous. It's his resurrection that is the proof, the receipt that you can hold on to, to know now that you actually have peace with God. That you have peace, that you did not have peace before you came to know Christ. But now that you know Christ, you have peace with God. So what happens is Romans chapter four tells us that Jesus was delivered up on account of our sins and he was raised on account of our justification. But in Romans chapter five, it tells us this, therefore, and whenever you see a therefore in the Bible, you need to look at what the therefore is there for. So therefore, having been justified, having been declared righteous by faith, again, it's not a feeling, It's not an emotion. There are times when you are not going to feel saved, but because you've given your life to Christ, you are saved. Justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Honestly, what an amazing Sunday, Resurrection Sunday really is. When we get to celebrate what Christ has done, the incredible work that Jesus accomplished on our behalf. Listen, by dying, he paid in full our debt of sin. And by rising from the dead, he brought justification, put us in right standing with God Almighty and gave us peace with God. He restored the peace that we had in the Garden of Eden, peace that is made available to anyone who will call upon and believe in the name of Jesus. So my question for you as I close this morning is, have you called upon his name? Have you recognized your need for him? See, under the old covenant, it was do good, get good. Do bad, get bad. But in the new covenant, it's because of what Christ has done that we're hidden in Christ Jesus and we get to freely receive. So my question, final question is, would you like to receive all that God has made available to you? Would you like to receive the forgiveness of sins? Would you like to receive the justification that Jesus brought for you? It is simply by faith that you do that. 